Hello, and a very warm welcome to a new episode of World Build, brought to you by World Architecture News from Alison and Nav. episode, we speak to Paul Taylor, President and Founding Partner at Stonehill Taylor, about the evolution of hospitality design, emerging technologies, and how COVID has brought challenges to the sustainability agenda. Stonehill Taylor is a hospitality-focused architecture and interior design firm based in New York City. Paul has been designing in this sector for 40 years and has a wealth of experience from luxury, high-end boutique to larger hotels. The firm is recognised for its innovative work in sustainable design and clients include the Intercontinental Hotel Group, Hilton Hotels, Marriott International and Hyatt Hotels. Thanks for joining us today, Paul. You've got many years of experience in the hospitality design sector. So first of all, how did you get started and and what drew you to this side of the industry? Well, uh, thank you for inviting me. Um, I'm a founding principal of uh, Stonehill Taylor uh, back in 1986. Basically, when we started Stonehill Taylor, I was only 29 years old. So I'm currently 65. So I've been doing this for quite a while. Initially, um, in having an architecture and interior design firm in, in, in New York, we were sort of generalists back in 1986 doing a residential work. And when I say residential, I mean sort of high-end projects for wealthy people. And then we worked doing corporate interiors and some institutional new build projects. And so one thing that I learned was, you know, being a generalist architect was not an effective strategy because if you have a heart attack, you want a cardiologist, you don't want a general practitioner. One of the things that one of the challenges was clients' interests and us as sort of artists, you know, architects were not always aligned in as much as is that the, um, you know, the client really wasn't looking for you to build a design statement. They just wanted what they wanted for their functional purpose, with the possible exception of residential, which definitely was all about the design. Basically, in the late 80s, uh, we accidentally fell into a hospitality opportunity. It was like a perfect alignment between the client makes more money and is more successful if the design is better. So um, that's when I sort of decided, I guess that was probably when I was in my early 30s, that you know hospitality was really um, the area that I was interested in. So we've, uh, you know, basically spent, you know, the last years from 1990 till now with about uh, 90 to 95 percent of our projects being uh, hospitality. One of the other things was is that when we went into the hospitality world, it turned out, at least in the United States, I'm not sure if it's is true in, in Europe, that the architect isn't supposed to be able to do the interiors. So there was a something that we didn't really understand because we always used to do the interiors for our architectural projects uh, prior to joining the hospitality industry. So we've sort of created a niche for ourselves where pretty much evenly split between architects and interior designers, both of which sometimes work independently and all, all the best when we get to do the whole the whole project. It's very rewarding. We, we work on everything from new build projects, many, um, you know, high rise buildings to building conversions, taking office buildings, turning them into hotels, taking an airport terminal such as the TWA at JFK and um, turning into a hotel. I'm very satisfied with finding that little that niche for myself for my my life's work. 
What would you say was the most important thing you need to get right at the beginning of a hospitality project? That's a very good question. One thing I've learned about hospitality is, is that it's really not, you can't just please everybody. You have to have like a very specific demographic, like who is your customer? So we have had the opportunity of working on everything from, you know, Ace Hotels and, you know, these type of, you know, younger lifestyle brands to, you know, working on uh, the Carlisle Hotel here in New York or the Plaza Hotel. You know, we're currently doing uh, the raffles, the first in the United States and Boston. You really are not just designing for yourself, you're designing for a customer. You know, as to what the most important thing is, Essentially, a, a hotel is a home. So the first thing is it has to be welcoming and be, for that person, a very satisfactory and, and uh, you know, home away from home. You know, so that be in, you know, the sleeping accommodations, which, of course, was historically uh, the, the most important part of a hotel, um, but also much more now in the sort of the uh, social spaces, you know, the food and beverage, um, you know, the gathering spaces where a hotel is more than a place to sleep in while you're away from home, but rather it is a destination into itself. And do you think that's a trend? Is, is the trend of a destination going to grow? Oh, definitely. Um, I think that the bar has been raised across, you know, all of the um, price points, let's call it, where, you know, the the Hilton and Marriott um, standard brands, Hyatt, were basically providing a, a good guest room. The social aspect of a hotel has hit those levels as well because they're competing against um, hotels at the same price point that are offering more. So you think people now are expecting far more for their dollar, their euro, their pound when they go away? Yes. And they also have the ability to go on the Internet, um, say, well, I'm going to be in London and let, let's, you know, you know, see what sort of offerings that are there. And there's so many more independent hotels that because of the Internet that are able to compete against the brands with the reservation systems. Um, you know, London being a great example of many interesting hotels. Yeah, they're more bespoke, aren't they, the boutique independent hotels? And what do you think if we were to look ahead 20 years what do you think is going to be seen in terms of development? Is it more of a unique, independent approach? Yeah, well, I think that all of the factors that I mentioned with regards to the Internet, our lives have changed with COVID-19 and learning to you know, work from home, work remotely. I mean, I can basically, quote, take a vacation uh, to Paris, but I could still... In terms of my client meetings, they would not know the difference where I am. You know, the ability to not have the historic experience of going to a hotel is that you wait on a long line in the lobby to check in. Um, then you're given a key and then you go to your room. That's all out the window. So I think going, you know, 20 years into the future, basically, you know, the technologies that are coming on now will just become standard where you check in with nobody. You open up the door to your hotel room with your phone, turn on the lights with your phone. You know, you uh, can control all the features in your room. So the basic set of components for the hospitality environment will stay the same. And I think that the point you made about working to make sure you provide an environment for its own distinct persona is really important. You mentioned different technologies coming in. What are you seeing within the hospitality environment? 
Okay, so I'm going to take this in a slightly different direction. One of the technologies that I think is changing our design process, which of course changes the product, is the the use of Revit, where we're designing things three-dimensionally, both on the architecture and interior side. You know, I think it's really transformed the ability to push the designs further than they were before. So in terms of, you know, the technology, you know, in terms of the customer experience, I think I kind of already mentioned the whole check-in, check-out process will just go away plastic key card or fob will go away. You know, I, I, I would say that the clearly since people um, will be working remotely from their hotel rooms or from the lobby, they'll need support. So the whole business center will be completely different. Do you think working and vacationing at the same time, do you think that's a trend that's going to grow? Yes, I do. I, I think that once one is uncoupled from you only work when you're in the office. Well, now we have discovered that we can actually work effectively not in the office. It also means that perhaps the word vacation sort of sounds like I'm taking two weeks off and nobody call me, whereas rather you can be more flexible. I think it might be a bit sad that people won't be able to feel they can actually have a holiday away from work. I mean, when when you go away, do you keep in touch with the office? Maybe everybody is different. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we are. Yeah, because I, I I have I have an office of like you know a little under a hundred people. I feel more comfortable when I know that everything is going well. I didn't mean it in a way that yeah I, I hear what you're saying. Oh, this, that's a little bit true. The sad part that you're saying about when you go home, that doesn't mean that somebody can't call you or doesn't want to have a Zoom call at seven a.m. in the morning or maybe at four o'clock in the morning because your clients in Australia. Uh, there has been an infringement on our on our private time maybe it's going to get more blended so what i'm hearing then is the business area of a hotel is going to be fortified and built up so people can actually use them as proper offices also what's equally as important is the atmosphere and the environment they will be in so it's really a mixture isn't it of growing these elements this flexibility so that hotels can maneuver around what somebody needs so that people have different kinds of vacations in the same building I wanted to also point out, I'll get right back to that, which is, is that we're working on some projects where they're combining office space with hotel, with the idea that the all the lifestyle components of the hotel are accessible to the people in the office space. Yeah, that sounds a lot more fun, doesn't it, to do it that way? Something different. Definitely. Is there anything you would like to implement into a hospitality setting, but you're restricted because the technology isn't quite there yet? How much are you having to future-proof continually what you are designing? Of course, we don't know what the future is. Um, you know, COVID-19 set a, a different thing into the mix. Residential versus hotel is an area of flexibility, uh, which has been implemented in some projects. Is it is it a hotel or is it residential? So if you, if you think of Airbnb, they've basically created an industry of taking residential units and making them hotel units. The future proofing there is, is that it can be either. In terms of technology and future proofing, one of the things that has been proven is, is that when you put a new technology into, into, let's say, into a guest room, you have to understand that in a few years, it's going to be obsolete. One of the things that I used to do 30 years ago was, is that was the idea of building everything in. Um, so you take, you know, a, a fax machine and you'd build it in because what a great feature for somebody to have a fax machine in their hotel room. Can you imagine if you went to 
hotel and they had a fax machine in your hotel room. So thinking about sustainable design now, what does that look like in a hospitality context? Sustainability, of course, is becoming more and more important as we are experiencing climate change and realize that there's real consequences to not being sustainable. One of the challenges in hospitality is is that your client is usually um, a developer who is basically trying to limit upfront costs. It's usually a fairly heavy lift to spend additional money. They're all for anything that doesn't cost anything, but the initial investment is difficult. Now, this is different than working on institutional projects, for example, for a university. That's very important to them to demonstrate their a commitment to sustainable design. My response to you is, is that unless you're working for a unique individual-owned independent company or you're working for a university, um, the academic world, it's very difficult. I know the brands pay a, a certain degree of, of, of service to it, but they, they don't follow any of the uh, more restrictive programs that are out there. So that's been my experience with it. So we, we are committed to a sustainable design. I assume with our current state of mankind, it'll become more important, maybe even on a business level, which of course will make it much easier for us as architects and designers to be able to implement it on the actual projects. So you mentioned that having something on a business level could possibly help. And one of the big sustainability moves at the moment is net zero. Is this something that the hospitality industry is looking at or something that you guys are interested in getting into? I can't speak to all jurisdictions. You know, I know that you're an international uh, podcast, but here in New York, they've implemented very strict standards for energy on projects and they penalize you financially depending on the performance of it. So actually, this has become on current projects that we're working on part of the design process where they are interested in it because they're they're concerned about these penalties that they'll be paying ad infinitum going forwards. Um, so the um, mechanical engineering firms that specialize in that um, have been uh, very helpful supporting us uh, in that in- endeavor. And, you know, it's sad to say that, that it takes the government to pass laws, but it's effective, I can tell you. Moving away from sustainability now, obviously the hospitality industry has been massively affected by the pandemic. How do you see post-COVID hospitality design emerging? And what have been some of the challenges that you've faced? Of course, we're, we're into almost two years since, COVID, I guess it's one year and three quarters since the COVID world began. Initially, customers shouldn't be able to touch the buttons in the elevator or open the front door, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all hard surfaces, they're going to fumigate your room before you come in, more voice commands and, and things of that nature. I think that that has somewhat dissipated as we've really learned that this is transmitted by the air. And so the mechanical systems in, in a hotel and anything that we're designing now have to implement systems that mitigate the aerosol transmission of COVID-19. By the way, the sustainability and that kind of fight against each other because we recirculate 85% of the air in the air conditioning system throughout the building. So if you've got COVID-19 virus in there, you're recirculating it. Um, If you have more fresh air, let's say you had 100% fresh air, you wouldn't have this problem at all. And then everything in between would be 
better. And that would be energy-wise very, very wasteful. So in terms of putting in um, filtration systems, ultraviolet treatments are, are definitely a change that's happening. And if it's at all possible, cast your mind back to a time where the pandemic wasn't a thing. What are some of the other challenges you've had to overcome with projects? Wow. <laughs> I think that first thing is, is that building any project is like, even though I'm not a woman, but birthing a child. So it is a difficult process. I can point out some of the challenges. The thing is, is that my most difficult projects have always ended up with the best solutions at the end. One shouldn't be discouraged by the challenges in between. So in terms of the types of challenges, from an architectural uh, standpoint, we have to deal with building codes and zoning and getting certificates of occupancy, deal with things of that nature, which are sort of boring. So nobody's much interested in those. But um, often there's a tremendous number of challenges in keeping a high degree of quality on a project, controlling costs and bringing it in on schedule. In terms of the interiors, most of our uh, interiors, our casework and fit out of it is produced you know, overseas. Being able to schedule and control the quality of things being built in Vietnam, Malaysia, China, it's really an, an international effort. And so the be, being able to get that all solved and coming in with the high quality the, that you're expecting on schedule, on time and on budget is a challenge. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today, Paul. I particularly like the idea of COVID versus sustainability. That's a, a very pertinent point, actually, really. If we do start channeling all this air out as fast as we can, we are going to lose heat. So thank you very much, Paul. Much appreciated. Thank you. We welcome your feedback on the podcast. So please aim all your comments to waneditorial at haymarket.com. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So follow download and join us.